All right, so just uh, give me one second here uh, since I'm um, – there you go. Mark 8, we're going to start at verse 22. All right, so we'll start at verse 22. It says, but Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead – let the – I'm sorry, I'm in um, Matthew. All right, before I get into this, welcome back, some of y'all. <laughs> good, good to see y'all. Miss y'all. Had Pastor Mel going, say yes. Had <laughs> Pastor Mel <laughs> fired up over here. So good to see some of y'all transitioning back. Well, I know y'all was connected because online, but I'm just saying, good to see your faces. All right, so 22. It says, and he cometh to Bethesda, and they bring him, they bring him a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Now, why did he do that? He took him away from a certain environment, right, um, to put him in another environment. And he said, and, and when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. So he says, can you see now? And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. So he's saying that I, I can see, but I still can't see clearly yet, right? And he looked, at, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking, 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Right? Saw every man clearly. And so, so at, at best, uh, us operating in the natural, we, can ha we have an improper image of self and an improper image of others. At our best. So, so... So without us really locking into the things of God, as we were talking about in the Master Life Discipleship class this morning at 915, uh, we were talking about just uh, spending time in that word where it cleanses us. It keeps us clean and relying on the word, meditating on the word, being planted um, in that word. But so at our best, so, so, so as we're operating a lot of times, have you ever misunderstood someone or thought you saw something a certain way and it turned out it wasn't exactly the way you saw it uh, or you saw yourself a certain way. Uh, I remember when I left Newark, New Jersey and I went to college uh, and it was just a different culture. You had people I, at the college I went to, it was a, a accredited school. I didn't go there because it was accredited. I went there because I had to leave the foster homes so for a school to accept me. That's where I went. But uh, it was people from all over the country coming to the school and I just saw myself different like like I had a, a view in, in the culture growing up in Newark New Jersey but then I, I I was exposed to so many different ways of thinking and processing um so I, so I saw myself differently and then at times I didn't know I was a, a bitter can't use that word uh 
a bitter, not nice guy, <laughs> right? I didn't know I was that. And so I, I told the story before where uh, the pleasant attorney said so the guys was holding the meeting. I didn't know the meeting was about me. It's like, man, you're snapping on people. You, you're, you're, you're tripping on folk. Like, and I was like, really? Like, I didn't know I was crushing folk. It just simple words I was saying um, because I didn't care. Like, I was the one type of person that said I didn't care. You would tell me I didn't care. And uh, so I learned a lot about myself. So, so again, if, if, if when we're clouded or we're uh, impaired by just, just the way we're born in this world, we could have an improper image of ourselves and others and just how we process things in general. So we tend to see people in situations as we think, not as they are. We, send, we tend to see people in situations as we think, not as they are. And, and so, so I, pride, I pride myself in not going to absolutes. So even if I really discern something and see something, I go, okay, that's the way I discern this and see this at this particular time. But there may be something I, I'm missing. You know, it might be something I'm missing. But you have some who operate in absolutes. Whatever they pick up or whatever they see at that particular time, they, that's the way it is. So I use me, you know, my history of, of, of church in Newark was I wasn't going. <laughs> and, uh, and then if you ask me about church, I would say, well, I, I don't go to church because the preachers, they just take your money. Now, how many churches had I been to up to that point? Uh, one and a half, you know, and not even a whole one and a half. I went to Sunday school, Good Neighbor Baptist Church. And then from time to time, I went to Union Baptist Church with the people that raised me uh, in the foster home before I met my family. So that's it. So, so, so how do I know preachers taking your money? First of all, I never gave money to church ever in my life in Newark, New Jersey. That I remember, maybe somebody gave me a dollar to give. So, so I didn't really give anything, did I? <laughs> yeah, so I never really gave money, so, so they, they weren't taking my money. You, you see what I'm saying? But I, I jumped to a conclusion or an absolute. Um, but I had a warped or skewed view, and, I'm, and, and, and there was people taking money. There was. They just wasn't taking mine, and it was a, a what you could say, a uh, limited group of people. I just, I just took that and, and, and just, just said everybody's that way. Really, was that, that was my out. I needed an out because I didn't want to, I didn't really want to go to church because I might have had to change. <laughs> You know, and then I didn't want to see my flaws or imperfections. So, 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 so we can start, we can, we live life sometimes with the impaired view, right? But in Christ, we're afforded something called sober sight. That's when we're healed of that blindness. When we uh, really embrace a life with Christ, we're healed of that blindness. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy 1. Take my time and walk us through this. So interesting, it kind of connects to what we've been talking about on, uh, I didn't do it intentionally, but on Wednesday, the, the, the blind eye, how we, you know, turn our blind eye to the, the truth of love or the pink elephants and things in our life. But that's kind of intentional impairing ourselves. This is a little different. So 2 Timothy 1, 
verse 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, sound mind means a clear thinking or a sober mind. So God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Remember, the scripture tells us, uh, uh, be anxious or be worried or be careful for nothing in, in Philippians 4. I don't have that for the people online listed, but uh, it tells us what it's saying. Don't let these anxieties cloud you, right? And so here the scripture is saying uh, uh, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Because thinking about God could be showing you the, the specific direction and we'll consider all the worst case scenarios or the negative possibilities or what's happened to us before. You know, just like, uh, you know, how many pe people have been hurt before? All right, that probably is everybody. All right. And a lot of times it's hard for us to leave that hurt that moment. We'll take that hurt, and those are the lenses we look through in the next relationship. It's just one problem. The next relationship is not that person. But that the next relationship pays for that. Uh, uh, we actually, uh, when you start a church, you, we planted the church, me and my wife, by ourselves with $1,625 about uh, 2010. Well, when I was researching, they said, whatever you do, don't go after people that's been to church before. When you start a church, start a church with the unchurched, people that's never been to church. Why? Because their thought is the people that's never been to church does, don't have a history. So they're not playing off of this happened to me before. So it says you're going to really struggle if you have a bunch of people that's gone to church and have been through church hurt because now they're going to look at you through the lenses of their past pain. Right? And so you, you, you'll so people will not, and we went through it, you know, where God told me to, to love everybody. So, so we're a refuge, so that means we've got people that's been hurt, this, that, and the other. So people gone through, people would, like, come to church, and, and they wasn't, like, really giving all themselves. But they gave all themselves to the last church. Just like I used my wife here. When we got together, uh, uh, Friday was our 27th year anniversary, right? <laughs> yeah. God is good to me. <laughs> so, so uh, when we got together, um, uh, she made this statement. She says, you know, well, I still haven't given you the best of myself. And I remember we used to go out and eat. We used to be, eat, go out to eat. And, I, and while we were eating, I'd be, sweetheart, it's Keith, it's Keith. Hey, 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 it's Keith. Because I would be getting the results of other relationships. And I was like, I'm not dumb. Haven't been dumb. Uh, couldn't be dumb. Haven't been trained by them, never even met them. But I was, so in other words, I got the consequences for their choices. Does that make sense? They, oh, she said I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I got the consequences for their, for their choices. Well, same thing with church. We have gotten the consequences of other people's choices. So some people played you and betrayed you, and people will come to church. And, and listen, some of y'all was like, like pillars, like, the church couldn't function without you, right? Like where you was at before, oh, oh, listen, listen. You were the go-to. And so you get played and betrayed. Then you come to heirs and be like, ah, you know, what I'm going to do, I learned my lesson. Before I get committed to anything, you know, I just, I'm just going to wait. You remember what happened to us last time? Just one problem. We weren't there. We don't even know why. We, like we see all these skills. We don't even know why we don't get all you. You see what I'm saying? But, but sometimes where our sight is skewed because of circumstances. Does that make sense? 
All right, so let's go to our familiar scripture here at this church, 1 Corinthians 13. We talk about this, this in almost everything, whether we're talking about faith, purpose, living life. Some of y'all, we, we have the memory scriptures in the discipleship class, right? Some of y'all had this one down pat. I, you know, I see Z, you quoted this morning, 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy, right? And then Trina did Psalm 1. I might have to get somebody to quote 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Y'all should know this by heart by now, right? It says, you know, so, so it says, but now we see through a glass what? Darkly. But then face to face, right? It says, uh, now we know in part, right? But then we'll know even as we're known, right? Right? And the Amplified version says, by God. So uh, then... Uh, I've given you the Amplify before, but it says when we're looking, we're looking in life as in a riddle or an enigma. So, so, so we, so we start out in life, and we're it's it's a it's a skewed view, it's a riddle or an enigma. Like we don't just, like we don't come out the womb, step out onto life, and we know exactly where we're going all the time. You know, it gets tough. There's hurdles. There's obstacles. There's there's crossroads. There's indecision. There's uncertainty, right? And it's saying it's like a riddle or an enigma. It says a dim reflection of reality. That's the Amplified version. A dim reflection of reality. So it's not a clear view of what the actual reality is. It says, but then you'll see in reality just as God sees you, what you were designed for, purpose for, and what your purpose to do. And when you start to see that clearly, you accelerate. Just like if you're in a cloud, you slow down if you're in a fog because you can't, you can't see. It's too thick. You know, around here when it's raining hard, you're tempted to pull over because you can't see nothing on the road, right? And so, but when it, as it clears, you accelerate, right? And so that's just the same thing in your life here. So, so we have this, 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 uh, with this skewed view that we're born into, but the goal is to, we talked about this in the, in the vision teaching, a fight to see. The goal is to fight to see. So everything we do when we wake up is trying to assist us in seeing, not making us more clouded. We read the scripture in a math life class this morning, 1 John 1, 9, it says, walk in the light. It's, it's he's, he's in the light. God is light. It's he's in the light. It says, but if you want to have fellowship with him, you wouldn't walk in darkness. You wouldn't allow yourself to be clouded because you'll miss something. Like you may miss a direction, you may miss a turn, you may miss a move, you may miss a decision, right? And so, so it's important for us to see clearly. And so, uh, and I'm going to tell you what stimulated this, this, uh, this even message. I was talking to uh, someone in another state. And they were, uh, got to say this right. Well, I ain't say no names. So y'all don't know who it is. Uh, but I was talking to someone in another state, and they were, they, were, they were working through something that caused them to be clouded. I'll say it that way. And so in this assignment that they were given to heal themselves of that, they were saying, well, you got to embrace the reality of what you're doing. You have to, you know, confess your faults or embrace the truth. And so they call me up, and they break it down. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I lied about this, I lied about that. And I said, okay. I said, and, and so 
I said, okay, you did the exercise well. I said, but do you believe all those things you did was wrong? Now, now, now personally, I don't think none of them was best. But I wanted to know, are you just doing the exercise? Or do you really believe I can't, I should have been doing none of these things? So pretty much everything he said was he, he believed he shouldn't have did. But then one of them he thought was, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. All right, so I'm not going to say specifically what it was, but it was a drug, okay? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think anything wrong with that. And so, this, so instead of me going, are you serious or what's wrong with you? I didn't do that. I didn't even think that. I said, let, I said, let me ask you something. You, you're trying to change, right? I said, so if you're really trying to, truly trying to change, I said, you deserve, we all deserve this, to at one point in your life see clearly. Everybody deserves to, like, if you're going to reset yourself, everybody deserves to strip themselves down from anything that's clouding them, whether it's lust, whether it's anger, whether it's pain, whether it's, whatever it is, whatever advice it is, strip yourself down from it, fast from it, and start now from a clear state. Now make a decision. At least you can trust the decision because you know you're hearing clearly. But if you're still intoxicated or if you still have something that can skew your view on forgiveness, resentment, bitterness, right? It's kind of, can you trust the decision you're making? You see what I'm saying? If you're still carrying the weight of that, how do you know it's not influencing your perception? But, but you know, people operate with confidence, and they're, 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 they're taking in things that's clouding them. And they just, you, you, you ever had the conversation with somebody, you'd be like, oh, you tripping, and, you, and you're like, everybody in the room sees you tripping. But they, they don't, they're not, they are tripping, but they don't see they tripping because they're clouded. They don't, they don't have a clear view. So they're not really against you. They can't see you, and they definitely can't hear you, right? So, we, so, 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 and that's, you know, when I, when I reset my life, and uh, I was in a living re relationship for about six years, got out of the relationship, was walking down the street. I told the testimony before, and uh, I was just praying to God. I mean, I knew God was real. I just wasn't going to church. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do drive-bys because I like choirs. Remember I told you I like choirs? So I would go by just to hear the choirs, you know. I don't know what the guy was saying. And, uh, and so I walk down the street because I'm trying to reset my life, you know. And so I said, well, God, well, you know, I was just moved to another place. And when I started talking to God, it was like somebody poured warm honey on my head. I had never experienced this before. I was like, what in the world? But I felt the presence of God. And, I, and, and immediately, reverence and conviction hit me hard. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I said, I will never let anything cut off my connection with you ever again. Now, I'm single, not going to church, don't know all the scriptures like I do now. I said, Lord, so, so I, I felt that I needed to, to if I'm going to commit, I need to honor the commitment with a vow. No one told me this. I said, Lord, I'm not having sex till I get married. Because listen, I knew like right from wrong, like all y'all in the room and all y'all out there, Watching, watching live. Y'all know right from wrong. And so I knew, even though, you know, we could turn a blind eye or be in denial, we know, we know what we need to change. We don't even need scripture. We, we actually know, 
right? But we be hitting that override button. Every time that conviction hit us, we be like, what, what? What are you talking about? Right, so, but me, I said, Lord, I know what my issue is because it was obvious. Uh, <laughs> sex. I said, so I'm not having sex till I get married. And, and so, what was I saying? I need to strip down what's, I, I, need, I need to at least see to start this thing right. And I just kept stripping stuff. Strip, I stripped music. I just kept stripping stuff because every time I felt like I misunderstood, I couldn't see, or my flesh spoke before my spirit, I was like, okay, got to strip something else. Got to strip something else because I'm not seeing right. I'm not processing right. Listen, I didn't know if I was going to pick it all back up, but I at least wanted to start with a, clean, a, a true clean slate, right? So, so when we begin this walk with God, we must allow him to wipe our hard drive to truly restart with him. You got to allow him to wipe your hard drive and to, and to really, truly restart. But see, we say we restart with God, but we're carrying the stuff from old. We ain't let it go. So it's still in there like detonators that the adversary can, he can, he can, he can, he can push a button at any time and cause our whole life to self-destruct. You ever be moving and you, you feel like you're doing the right thing and all of a sudden it, it just collapses on you? And you're like, how did, how did this happen again? Yeah, see, 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 there's something still in there that you ain't get rid of. Remember, Jesus says Satan is coming. He's on his way, but he ain't got nothing in me. He has nothing to pull from. So he can't have any power against me. But can we say the same thing? Can we say, Satan's coming. Does he have anything in you? Right? So just, just I mean, uh, uh, Romans 12, 2. Let's go here. Another scripture we talk about a lot here. I'm going to bring it back. I, I, I haven't done it in a long time, uh, renewing the mind. But I'm going to bring it back. Uh, I mean, I've exhausted a lot of teachings, but I had a young man... Uh, played football in the league for a while, so we, we, we met once a week for about a year. And what we talked about the whole year was renewing the mind, the entire year. Uh, and it's, uh, it's so interesting how we, we sign on to a new life with Christ, but we try to bring our old mind. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, we try to bring our old mind and our old ways. So what we say is, I, I hear this is, the, this is the Christian life. Now, where do I put this stuff? <laughs> you know, like, we, we show up to the life with Christ with luggage, you know. Okay, we're, 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 you got some storage space, some closets, attics. We're, we're, what are we going to do with this right here? But see, 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 but God is saying, oh, we ain't got no room for that. <laughs> we have everything you need. You could throw that stuff in the trash. Well, oh, no, but I can't throw this in the trash. Grandma gave me this. Yeah, 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 grandma gave me this. Yeah, yeah, she was doing, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Grandma, she was, she, hey, she's been anger and evil for a long time. So she gave me this. You know, I mean, I can't, how am I going to just let go of this anger? Grandma was anger. Mama was anger. I'm anger. I just can't let this go. No, no, we got to find some place to put this. Oh, no, this is, okay, okay, okay. We, is, all right, I'll get rid of this, but hold on, can I hold on to this? No, no, no you got to let that go. No, 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 man. Uncle Jimmy, 
Uncle Pete, Dad, everybody gave me this. Man, we was all like players, you know what I'm saying? We players, right? So I can't just let this go. I got this honestly. You got to understand all I've been through. I think, you know, what happened was because of my background and my history of what I went through, that's nice, nice story. You ain't bringing that in either. See, we're trying to bring all this, this baggage, right? Right, but, but what we supposed to, all right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I got to take my time. So let's go to Colossians 3. Let's explain it in the word. Oh, I didn't do Romans? Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> all, right, all right, don't conform, transform, right? All right, so now we can go to uh, Colossians. <laughs> I think y'all already knew that one, right? As much as we talk about it around here, you probably quote that one. That ain't a hard one to remember, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to revisit it again here, so, so we'll hit it again. Uh, Colossians 3. I think this is uh, one of our survival kid scriptures, I think. Uh-oh, there you go. Look, look, look. Survival kid uh, is another discipleship book that we've gone through. All right, so verse 8. Look, it says, but now ye also put off all these, right? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, Right? Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man and his deeds. This is assuming you've done this, right? This is almost like, oh, yeah, I know you don't put off the old man and his deeds, right? And verse 10, and, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him, right? So we're putting off all this crazy, right? Right? Does that make sense? And so, 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 there's ways we do this. We talked about this in uh, Master Life this morning too. Is where Master Life we're on discipleship victory, relying on the Word. And so, was talking about how to uh, be trained in righteousness. Second Timothy three, you know, is for the, uh, the Bible is for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. NIV says training in righteousness, right? And so how the word, and then we talked to this morning how, hey, you don't have to ask how to act. The Bible is clearly showing you how to operate in this life. And we were talking about this morning how, how it's not, so, so ain't nobody perfect, you're trying to put me down. The Bible's not doing that. The Bible's saying, hey, you want to live this life? You want to be fulfilled? You want to be successful? You want to be prosperous? Hey, this is how you do it. And so when we come up with our own justifications of, well, this is not necessary. That, that, the other, what we're saying is I don't want to embrace the training. I don't really want to live the life to the fullness of what God has. I want to, once again, I want to incorporate my baggage. I want to add in my baggage. So basically I want to add some kryptonite to what God is showing me how to be Superman with, right? And so, so let's, let's, let's look here at John 15. Because here, here we have to live a life that's sober and we have to be clear-minded and we have to put off the things that are, that's affecting our, our, our sight or affecting our view. And so the word actually gives us a, a way to get some of these things out of our system, right? 
So, so we read the scripture earlier. I know they don't have it, uh, those that are viewing live, because uh, it's from Master Life class, but 1 John 1, uh, 1 John 1, 7, it talks about, well, let's just go to 1 John 1, 7, then we'll come back to John 15, even though I probably didn't tell you John 15, did I? <laughs> I did? Okay. So somebody wasn't listening. All right, good. <laughs> so 1 John, 1 John 1, 1 John 1, I know I'm kind of going a little fast. My bad. I'll, I'll slow down. First John 1. See, first of all, John 1. <laughs> right? And then verse 5. First John 1, 5. It says, uh, this then is the message which, which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness, so he's not skewed, right? He, has a, he sees clearly and soberly. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and, and do not the truth, right? We lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, look, cleanses us from all sin, Right? Getting into the light, getting into fellowship, he's going to cleanse us of all sin. Let's go to John 15. Just kind of making a case with the word, setting a little foundation for what we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. All right, so John 15, verse 3. Look, it says, it says, now you are clean. Well, I'll just start with verse 1 because I like the whole thing. It says, I am the, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth much, much fruit. More fruit, I'm sorry. Bring, may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So the word it, it assists us in being, cleanses us. It says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. This is, this is key for us to even clear our sight. It says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth or remaineth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And that's the goal, to produce much. Bringeth forth to produce much, right? Right? It says, look, for without me, you can do nothing. Right? We separate ourselves from Christ, we can do nothing. Right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? What is that? Philippians 4, uh, 13. Right? Right? So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, so here we cleanse through the word. We're trying to have sober sight. But we've been put in this situation where we're birthed into this skewed view. Let's go to Psalm 51. So remember how we've talked about before here at the church how, how, it's similar to gravity. Right now, I notice everybody's sitting in here. No one's floating around the room. So we're subject to gravity. If so let's say if we decide today, I ain't doing nothing. You notice you're still sitting in the room. You're not sometimes floating around the room and sometimes sitting. You sitting in the room when you do nothing. We have to actually operate in the law of lift or aerodynamics or whatever to, or law of thrust to fly, right? You know, uh, you got Vertimax, resistance bands, you got, uh, uh, you know, step-ups, you got, you got 
a weight with resistance that helps you to elevate a lot higher than you would normally. Plyometrics, all different types of stuff, right? If you don't do those things, okay, if you don't do those things, your hang time is like this. <laughs> like you're going to jump like this. Or, or some of y'all, some, some people can't, they feel like they can't even get off the ground. But if you do those things, you, you, you'll leap. Like you, you, you'll be able to, like, so, so that's going against gravity. So same thing if we do nothing, if we, I'm just chilling right now. I'm not going to hurt nobody. I'm going to be positive, but I'm not going to do nothing spiritual. Guess what? You're subject to sin. Just like gravity, you will sin. Not because you're evil, because you ain't doing nothing to stay above it. Right? You got to do something spiritual to be above the natural. Does that make sense? So, well, I ain't trying to hurt nobody. But you, you ain't trying to hurt nobody but you and the people you should be helping, right? Right, so, so we have to do something. There's an effort. So, so how did this happen? So Psalm 51, um, verse 3, verse 1, uh, verse 1. It says, have mercy, we're going to focus on three, 3 through 5, but... Verse 1, it says, have mercy upon me, O, o God, according to my loving kindness, according to the multitude of my tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, right? He says, wash me thoroughly from mine inequity, or, you know, that stored sin. Cleanse me from my sin, right? Verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Everywhere I go, it's the lenses I'm looking through. It's clouding, see, see, ever before me, it's clouding my view, right? He says, uh, against thee, thee only have I sinned and have done this evil, look, in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. So he says, I've done this in your sight. So whatever you say to me, I have no excuse. You're justified. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm living a skewed life in darkness away from you. So whatever you say to me, it's not a put down. It's a correction. It's actually a lift up, right? In verse 5, it says, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and sin that my mother conceived me. So see, this is where born in this sin and iniquity. You, you show up in this world um, in this, 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 this weight of the gravity of sin that's keeping you down. So God says, meditate on the word day and night, do all this written therein, then shall you make a way prosperous, then shall you have good success. It says, observe to do all that's written therein, Joshua 1.8. Right? So, so God is telling us uh, the interest of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. Right? Walk not in the counsel of the godly, nor stand in the way of sinner, nor sit, sit in the seat of the scornful, but your delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in the law should you meditate day and night. Right? You should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaf shall not wither, but whatsoever you do, you shall prosper. I probably skipped a couple things in there, right? But close, right? <laughs> Psalm 1, 1 through 3, right? So the, the, the Bible understands that you were born into a sinful situation because of what Satan tricked Adam and Eve into. But God gave you an out, but you have to embrace it. You got to let this word cleanse you of what's clouding you from seeing your purpose even in being here. You ain't going to do that with, no, never mind. It's about to quote a couple of 
news and sports shows, but that's not good. All right, so <laughs> so 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 here when we we take on Christ, uh, John one four and five, it says. Um, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not, couldn't master it. So, 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 so when we take on Christ, we're taking on this light, and this light is constantly trying to chase away the darkness in our lives so we have sober sight, so we can see clearly. See, a lot of, we, we talk about this a lot, me and my wife, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of arguments. I told her, I said, uh, I was, uh, when I was in youth ministry, I was counseling someone, and, you know, they had just, they had been bitter and rebellious, and then they, they had convinced themselves that what they were going through educationally is because they weren't smart. You know, you know how people talk themselves out of knowing stuff. You know, like what you can learn anything. Anybody, but you, sometimes you might have to press through the uncomfortable parts of it. You know, uh, the Bible's hard to understand. Okay, good. Then you got to, you probably got to work a little harder. But well, it's hard to understand. That means I don't have to read it. <laughs> Go to the job. Well, can't figure out what your systems is. I guess, guess you should fire me. No, we can, we can, we can press through uh, to understand. So, so what this is saying is God is saying, allow me to feed you word and light to clear your sight so you can see and it's going to pick up some momentum. The scripture says that I brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If, as first John after it says your chosen generation, holy priesthood, first John, no, first Peter 2 verse 9. Right, so he's, he's, he's brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light, right? Let's go there, 1 Peter 2. Verse 9. So, so, so this is giving you a clear picture of who you are. It says, uh, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a holy people, a peculiar people, special, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you, what? Out of darkness, out of the sin and iniquity, into his marvelous light. Out of, of, of skewed vision to sober sight, clear thinking, sound mind. And see, 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 so, and you say, okay, so we got born in sin and shape and iniquity. So, so just to let you know, you got it honestly. And then Adam and Eve, uh, God gave them specific instructions, and Satan tricked them into eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Before they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, evil was not an option. Sin wasn't an option. Being clouded wasn't an option. Before that, that's the only time in life it was all good, right? Because now, they, 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 see, see, once they... they it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but I call it the tree of reason. Since once they ate of it, now they're reasoning if they're going to do evil or good. Like it's a consideration. Like some of us actually go, well, let me see. Uh, you know what I'm doing is I'm struggling through this decision. Okay, is it a godly decision? Well, not necessarily, so where's the struggle? Why is it a struggle? It's a struggle because now evil is an option. What may be a give me a moment of pleasure could, could take precedence over what's going to actually propel me into future fulfillment, right? Remember, uh, the scripture says in Hebrew that, that Moses wasn't willing to 
to take on the pleasures for a season, you know, he actually pressed through to say, hey, I just suffer with my people to get where, where I'm supposed to go. Forget the, these moments of pleasure, right? All right, so, so we already talked about the interest of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple, Psalm 119, 130, right? Interest of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. Earlier today in uh, uh, discipleship class, we talked about Psalm 119, 105. That's the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? So here you have this word that's showing you where you are and showing you where you're going, lamp unto your feet, light unto your path. When it comes in, it brings more light. It clears your skewed view and you actually have sober sight. So I watch this. I watch how people even process the word. People live carnal, but because they're, they spend time in the word and time in church, they don't believe that what they're exposing themselves to is skewing their view. It, it can even skew how you read the word. See, so it's not just I read the word. It's not just I go to church. Am I setting myself apart? Am I sanctifying myself? What am I tolerating and exposing myself to? So, you know, back in the day, remember we used to say uh, people got high off contact? Oh, y'all, y'all, it's been that long. Y'all remember that now? Okay. <laughs> right? And so you, you realize we're getting clouded off of contact. Right? Our view is being skewed off of contact. Like we're, we're, we're in the atmosphere of darkness and we think it's not skewing our view. And so we, we'll, we'll read through the word and won't see what God is saying. We'll, we'll, it'll be, remember Satan was talking to, uh, 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 he was talking to uh, Eve and flipped the word. No, that's not what God meant. <laughs> that's not what God meant. So you're going to tell me what God meant, right? So you got to, we have to watch how we're processing this. Um, let's look, look at John 8. Let's go to John 8. Again, the goal is for us to return to having sober sight. Sober sight. So John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. It says, it says Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So, so, so again, it's one thing to acknowledge Christ. It's one thing to talk about Christ, give him a couple shout-outs here and there. It's one thing to come to the altar. You just come to the altar and you, uh, you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Lord, I, I receive you in my heart. I accept you. Okay, that's, that's cool. But some people are still at that point right there. Yeah, so, so, so after that, that, that acceptance of this new life, now I'm going through training, right? I'm becoming a disciple. I'm not just acknowledging them and talking about, I'm, I'm developing a relationship with Christ. I'm following Christ, right? And, and it's, it's, it's obvious people can know, people can tell. So, so, so coming up, I'll be telling you all my business, but coming up, so, so again, I want to play professional basketball. So I'm the type of person, I, I'm cerebral, so I study people. So I studied, I studied this, uh, this one guy who was two years ahead of me in high school. I thought he was one of the pure shooters that, that I ever knew. He's passed away. Uh, uh, I'm say his name, Brett Ryans. Uh, uh, they called him Stinger. <laughs> Brett was just, but, but Brett had this, uh, he had this way of stopping.
dropping on a dime and just pulling up in perfect form in the air and taking jump shots. Perfect. So I studied that. So I remember one day I'm playing in the basketball court, and it's like, man, you're playing like Brett. So, I mean, I followed him so much, and I studied Mo Cheeks. I was uh, for the Sixers. Uh, what's, what's, what's my, I got a few guys, a lot, a lot of point guards. Joe Dumars, I liked him. I liked uh, Dennis Johnson for uh, – played with the Wizards in Seattle but played in Boston. But what I'm saying is I – uh, I had people saying, you know what, you play like Mo Cheeks. So what, 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 what it is, I studied them so much, I followed them so much, I adapted to the game. I, one of my best years ever playing basketball was when I was, I, was, I was studying Bernard King. I had Bernard King's post up down to a science. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I mastered that thing, right? You know, because uh, I, I ended up uh, meeting him and playing and working out with him. And so... So what happens is if you're following Christ, what's happening? People are going, you know what? It's something on you different. You, 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 walk, you operate like Jesus. If you're following Christ, but you're not saying you're following Christ, but everything you, that, 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 what you look like is the world or actually who you spend the most time fellowship with. You start communicating their philosophies. And some of their philosophies is assisting their compromise. You know, because people have their little, it don't take all that. Well, you know, that's not important. Well, well, you don't need actually need to go to that level. How come people are assisting you into things that won't stretch you? How is that a benefit? Think about it. somebody's like, hey, hey, you don't need to do that. Listen. People need to be pushing you into things that stretches you, right? Because that's the challenge. You're still stuck in the stupor because you're taking a path of least resistance. So this is the thing. We should be following Christ, and it should be obviously. It should be obvious. Let's look here at John 11. Again, we're talking about sober sight. Sober sight, right? John 11. And we'll start here at verse 9. John 11, verse 9. All right, so it reads here. It says, uh, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world, right? It says, but if any man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. What is he saying? He says, so, so if you're walking in darkness and cloudness, you're stumbling all the time. But if you walk in the light, right, if you walk in clarity, if you walk in sober sight, you're not stumbling all the time. And so when you risk things that obviously has been clouding you for years, and I get it, I get it. Because uh, the adversary is slick. And he used people that compromised to, to do you wrong, to betray you, to, uh, I mean, people do some cold stuff. You know, you pick up momentum, they tear you down, they sabotage you. And, and, and we've experienced all these things. But, and I remember the, the, uh, what happened to us before we moved out here. It wasn't like it didn't affect us and it didn't hurt. But it wasn't worth more than what God was sending us to. So, 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 like, it's, it's not like, if you left it up to us, 
we the wilder than I can't believe they and, and 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 we talked about it, you know. Sometimes we talked about it too much, you know what I'm saying? Uh, even though we you know, you, we forgave a person, but then you're constantly talking about it. Why are you talking about it? You know, because it would it affected us. So that was the effect. The effect was you talk it out, make sure you ain't crazy, right? But the but bottom line is we talked about this. Somebody maybe in in a clouded moment, in a selfish moment, or just in a uh, uh, possessive moment not doing you right you can't let that stop you from your momentum you got to keep moving forward right you just got to keep moving forward and so you got to ask yourself is, is, is you stopping to magnify amplify and lock in on the betrayal the pain and the disappointment worth what you're giving up even relationship, is it worth you giving up the relationship God is sending to you? Or is it worth you destroying the relationship once it comes? Because you're constantly looking through the lenses of what you've been through, not, not soberly looking at who you're actually with in this moment. Right? Or you, you're constantly looking through the lenses of, I can change it, I can fix it. So it really didn't hurt me as bad if it works out for good. It hurt, it was bad, and you got played. I'm going to help you out because I got played. Now that we got that out the way, we can move forward. You know what I'm saying? Now we can move forward. Like, we can give that to God, and then God can heal us, and we can move forward as opposed to keep trying to, okay, if I fix it, if I change it, if it, it no, 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 no. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward and watch what God does. But you got to clear your sight from all that crazy to look forward. Uh, John 12. We're all in the same area, so I figured we'd go read these sets of me quoting them all the time. John 12, 35. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. And look, look, look. It says, For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. See, see, when you're around the word, when you're around God, when you're around the things of God, it says lock in, press into that while you got light with you. Stay locked into the light because if not, you'll walk in darkness. People walk in darkness, people that are clouded, they don't know where they're going, but they think they do. Okay, so, so I said they think they do. I'll use me. I, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. And, 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 and but... The adversary was trying to feed me moments of pleasure to, to keep me going, like almost like dangling carrots. Keep, keep, keep coming, keep coming. But, I, but, but in the moment, that moment, very brief, short moment, there was comfort, but in my living, there was chaos. Listen, in the moment, there was comfort. In the moment, short moment, compared to my living. In my living, there was chaos. It wasn't even worth. It was what it was an unfair exchange. But I but and then so 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 when I first started recognizing it, I tried to hit the uh what's what's the message we did? Uh the victim. I tried to hit the victim button. Man, you know, because you know how I grew up and the things I went through, you know, it's understandable why I was compromised. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That still doesn't get me where I'm going though. That's just trying to pacify me where I'm at. Right? 
And so I was trying to come up with, yeah, I tried to play the victim. Well, you know, hey, you know, you know, nobody's perfect and, hey, people make mistakes. Then I tried to look for people that was making worse mistakes than me. Yeah, you know, I'm tripping, but look at them. Then I'll try to give bad advice so the people that was making better mistakes than me will make the same mistakes I was making. All I'm doing is what? Keeping me where I'm at. None of this is elevating me. If anything, I'm starting to slide even further back. Then, oh, Lord, you couldn't talk to me. I'm going to tell you that right now. You could, Mr. Gift of God, you better come at me right because I would break you down to, so I can stay where I'm at. And when the conversation was over, the person walked away like, I did the best I could, but whoa, you almost had me second-guessing what I believe. <laughs> Guess what? But, but, but the guy over here, me, I was still in the same place. And I convinced somebody it was okay to be here. See, this is, this is what I'm saying, clouded. That's not sober, that's not clear thinking, that's crazy. How do you justify being where you're despising? How do you justify being where you're despising? You can't stand it, or you wouldn't be depressed. You wouldn't even drink. You wouldn't smoke. Because you'll be fulfilled. Oh, see, oh, see I don't care. Y'all get mad if you want to. You honestly think that when you take on the world, the spirit, go, go around the corner there, it's called, uh, well, I, I don't want to put it out here on TV. Well, it's called uh, DFG Spirits. <laughs> Spirits. It's right there on the marquee. But we walk in there and take on spirits. But, but, but the pastor's tripping when he's trying to save you from being clouded. It's called Spirits. But we got all these justifications for, no, no, this is you know, this taking the edge off. It sure is taking the edge off. It's clouding you from the reality of what you need to change. It's weakening you from the strength to change. It's keeping you in a stupor. The Bible says, this is Proverbs, I think, 4, it says the person got drunk with wine, right, got beat up, Right? And it said, they, when they woke up out of the stupor, they said, I'm going to go back again. <laughs> the Bible says that. It says, oh, what was, like, didn't you learn from the pain? <laughs> there you go. There you go, Pastor. Well, we're talking about sober sight. <laughs> yeah, we can't be impairing our vision. Um, see, see, we, uh, Ephesians 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Right? Now, I did all these things, so I'm not like, it's not, com I'm not communicating from a standpoint of what's wrong with you. I'm communicating the standpoint from a, hey, I found out how to get out. <laughs> I want to share it. I've been that way my whole life. If I learn a better way to dribble, I'll share it. <laughs> right? That's how I am. Hey, I found this church. Go. Hey. Like I found, hey. I know where you can get that at a discounted rate. <laughs> I'm going to share it. So why not would I share? Hey, I found how to see. Lord, no. Hey, like, look, we, 
we were all at a blind institution called life, <laughs> right? And so we all walking around blind, stumbling all over each other, arguing, misunderstanding. What you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like constantly going at it, like just going at each other. Hold on, so you trying to put me down? You ain't all that either. Just constantly going at it, depressed, playing the victim, jumping to conclusions. You know, those are all symptoms of blind folk, right? You don't like me. What are you talking about? I don't like that. What does that have to do with you? You don't have to do that. Right? Well, then you don't like me. You keep attaching to you if you want. That's the blindness talking. And then I found out, look, look, I got some corrective lenses, man. I was like, yo, hey, I found out how we can see, y'all. Hey, you want these corrective lenses? It'll help you see. And folks slapping down the lenses. Oh, so you want to stay blind. Well, as long as I'm blind, then I can kind of justify all my compromise and my tripping, and then, you know, I could be needy. You know, people would just, like, instead of me reaching down to myself and figuring out how to come up with the strength, the vitality, the intellect to navigate and to be accountable and responsible in life, I could just stay blind and people won't hold me accountable and responsible for nothing. They'll just walk around and go, they can't see. Don't even bother with them, man. They can't see. Here, here, look, 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 look. Come on, sweetheart. Close your eyes. Come on, come on, come on. Take, take, come on, come on. Take this step, take this step. Like, like, see, I can keep excusing myself from taking my own steps, operating in my own direction, and being responsible for that. She can blame me. You heard what she said, though, can I trust you? That's the first thing she said. I got her and she said, can I trust you? Right, so now I, now I was like, because this is what y'all do with, with the pastor. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? <laughs> can I trust you? So you done had all this time to see if you could trust me. And by now, you should know you can. Well, can I trust you? So you ain't going to take a step unless I show up. See, that's the, that's the position if she decides to stay blind. What she's saying is, I don't have to do nothing. That's my phone back there. That's what I get for using my phone for the notes. Right, right. She could just say, well, 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 I don't have to do nothing until you move. How come you ain't called me? How, how come you didn't check on me? How come you didn't see if I was doing okay? How come you never came to visit? Most of the people that make those decisions don't call, don't check on you, and never visit you. They ain't gonna do nothing unless somebody else do it for them. <laughs> Look, he over here. Look, it's good to have y'all back. Look, I don't have to discern, DJ, I don't have to discern the amens. You know what I'm saying? Like, like y'all out there in TV land, I got some people here, I can hear them say <laughs> Right? All right, so what was that? Where I tell you to turn? Oh, man. <laughs> Threw my glasses down. Thank God I didn't break them. Huh? <laughs> Slapping down the sight. So Ephesians 5, 8. 
It says, look, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye, now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Now, you notice it didn't say you were sometimes in darkness. It says you were sometimes darkness. It's saying your whole being was darkness. That's what it said. You ever see somebody that's been living right and then they compromise? Like, come on, y'all. Let's just, just be real. Don't. It looks straight ahead, and nobody's going to think it's you. But, but you know how, and you could tell when something, something happened, something different about that person, right? Darkness all over them, but they, walk, they got the smile. They, 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 they suited down, but you're like, something ain't right. They look like a dressed-up zombie, right? Like, can't you tell? Come on, y'all, I just can't say that. Yeah, so, so, so but that's not an a indictment of the person. That's good for the person because they're like, uh-oh, I got to get back in the light, right? It should encourage you to get back in the light, right? You get, 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 put your glasses back on, right? So you can see, man. That's what the goal is, right? All right, so the scripture talks about uh, uh, Paul was praying in Ephesians 1.18 that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. You know, so not, that we, not just that we see with our natural eye, but our spiritual eye, like we see clearly, soberly, right? And, and I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, um, especially the, the word does help. Like you see everything, like with the word, you see things as they are. I'm going to tell you, y'all might not realize this, it helps you with lust. Because lust is, a, is, a, uh, is smoke and mirrors. Everybody's waiting for it. Just, explain further. <laughs> Right, it is the smoke and mirrors. So a lot of the things that you're lusting after is not what you see. It's false evidence appearing real. But you see things as they really are. Right? You see, like, so so somebody might go, uh, I had to be watch how I say stuff. All right, so I'll use back in the day. So back in the day, the guys, the fellas would be like, oh, yo, yo, I got me a red bone. So this was a friend of mine. Uh, so he had a choice between two young ladies. So one of them, she was the nicest person in the world. Uh, I should get specifics, just so you know what I'm talking about, but I'll be nice to you. Uh, so she's a nice person in the world, good nature, solid, solid person. The other person was light-skinned. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tell you. And so, so he came to me. He came to me. I'm a good friend, so I'll tell you the truth. He came to me. He was like, so what, what do you think I should do, Keith? What do you think I should do? I said, oh, it's obvious. You go with a person that really, truly, genuinely loves you, a great person. And this person, you know, they was, I can't say what they did, what they did for a living. But they're doing well in life, everything. This is a perfect person for him. The other person, respectfully, was a witch. It was, I, I'm not talking about witch as, you know, like you talk about warlocks, demons, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm using that, you know, like hood language. You know, witch, <laughs> right? Just, just nasty. Like you could see, when a person walked in the room, like you notice darkness, you, listen, it, 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 like, remember that scripture that says you are darkness? They were darkness. Even though they were red bone and light skin. I was like, listen, man, you, and you know what he went with? He sure did. Drove him crazy. Drove him crazy. I was like, no, no, don't ask me for advice now. <laughs> Right, so 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 what what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is we have to sharpen our discernment. We have to um, 
we have to get back to sober sight. Because we're, we're, some of us have, have uh, employment opportunities right in front of our face, but we can't see them. Some of us have businesses, ministries, it's right in front of our face. It's like standing right here. But we can't see it because we don't have sober sight. We're so busy looking at the adversary's distractions. Like, like so, so, who's used the podium just for, so purpose, vision, and fulfillment is creeping up on you. It's this close. So it gets this close, and the adversary will throw stuff at you. Hopefully, you'll see the false evidence appearing real, be so clouded, you don't see what's the relationship, you don't see the ministry, you don't see the business, you don't see the new opportunity. Somebody will offer you something and you go, ah, no, I'm not ready for that right now. Because you can't see they offered it to you because they, not because you're ready for it now, but they know you, you this is something that you will definitely be able to do. But you, you all in your head. So you, yeah, well, what about this? What about worst case scenario? Darkness. Like you, but if you put your lenses on, you'd be like, oh, that's what God was sending me. <laughs> oh, okay, like, like you just keep just stepping up because you're not looking at the circumstances. You're looking at God's purpose path for your life. We'll, you know, uh, we'll get into this um, uncommitted, un evolving purpose. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, right? So you, you'll, you'll start to see things clear. And, and, and start locking in. So, so our frustration and our, our kryptonite or uh, you ever just feel funky? Especially during this, this, this pandemic, you've just been at home, right, you know. And so, so media can just feed you whatever it wants you to do. And a lot of times it's feeding you darkness. And so, so, you, it's, it's so the kryptonite weakens you and you find yourself not as motivated because you're not moving. You know what I'm saying? You're not. You're not, you're not, you're not engaging. You're, you're almost in a cave. You know, it's a setup. It's just keep you in a cave. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing placing a demand on you, and you're not placing a demand on nothing. And so if you don't press into the word in these, and during those times, you can actually get tempted to be weighed down with darkness. You start to lose your view. And, and how how uh, we see it, we see it because you could tell when when. Again, a person's just off on their, we'll just say off on their game. Now, they're not tripping, they're just off on their game. And that's because it's, it's, you just left to yourself. There's no accountability, no responsibility, there's no challenge, there's no engagement, there's nobody saying, you okay? Yeah, it's, no, it's, not, it's just you in your own little world, right? So, so that's why it's important that we soak this thing up, keep them, keep, keep them lenses on, so we can uh, have sober sight. All right, so that's all for today.